yo, what's going on, cool creatives? I'm your host, D, aka D Brady, and I am a creative brand strategist. And this is Liquid Era Podcast, where I guide my fellow out of the box millennial creatives to finding their personal brands, footprints in their careers, and being successful, but in a dopest way, out of the box, out of the box way as most as possible. Um, although I'm giving tips and advice into the entertainment industry, um, I'm opening up about my personal journey and my growth as well as I go on as being a new entrepreneur. Um, so let's get right into this episode. So today we have a special guest. We have songwriter and producer Lottie Day, aka Lottie. Welcome. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Thank you for being on Liquid Era because ooh, it's just, it's it's not hard. It's not hard finding um, guests to be on the show, clearly. But at the same time, I look for uh, people who work behind the scenes, who get it done, who's actually doing the hard work. And yeah, who is championing other creatives? So I'm glad I found you. I found you so on we're, Twitter. We're by here, the way. then. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I found you on Twitter, and I was like, "Yo, her her aesthetic, her vibe is dope. I love oh, her wow. work." So, Thank yeah. you. I'm glad that somebody cares about my tweets. I'll be thinking that nobody cares about anything I say on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, like people. Okay, see that I'll be thinking that too. But then, like, I think in like college, I had a whole different at name. It was like Vibes and Bowties or some shit like that. And somebody was like, oh, you're Vibs and bow ties," And I was like, yeah, but <laughs> people pay attention to that shit. So before we get into this episode, each guest on this podcast play a little icebreaker game where I ask you three throwback trivia questions and you just answer to your best ability, your best memory. And yeah, then we'll get into the rest of this episode. So okay. I'm scared. <laughs> So the first question in the show, Martin, what floor was Brumman from? Ooh, damn. I'm really about to get my black card revoked. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say four. Yes. Brumman yes. for the false flow. Yes. <laughs> Number two, name that movie. I'm going to give you a quote and you got to name where it's from. Okay. And okay. So name that movie. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Oh no! <laughs> Wait, no, I know, I know this. I just can't think of the title right now. I can see the scene in my mind. I can't think of the title right I'm gonna now. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two options. Two <laughs> options that I always use. I always get mixed up: the Five Heartbeats or the Temptations. The Temptations. Temptations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, I know. It's just like I, every day. Every day. I always used to get them mixed up. <laughs> And for the last question, so today is actually the anniversary of Monica's After the Storm album. Mm-hmm. What hit song off of that album went viral earlier about two years ago? Uh, did people it have to do having, with locks? Like, people was having <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> people was having like, uh, like they was doing a like rap over this beat, over this song, their own version. I'm a humming. Can't, can't think of it. Girl, nah, I don't got it right now. I don't got it right now. <laughs> it's so gone by Monica. But uh, she's a legend. Love her. <laughs> so yeah, that was the Liquid Era trivia game. I love that game. So that was legend. hard. Uh, <laughs> that was not hard. I used to play um, Black Jeopardy on Clubhouse. They be picking them kind of questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was not hard. Al. I think the one I had gave 
Romel was pretty hard, but he's he was like a big Ben of 50 cents. So it's completely fine. Mm. <laughs> but so as I mentioned before, this podcast is dedicated to helping other creative millennials, majority within the entertainment industry, who either want to be in the entertainment industry or create their own lane as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And um, I love searching and finding dope professionals who are already doing the work behind the scenes. So not only did I want to go ahead and get to know more about your journey, but I also wanted to highlight you because you are doing the work behind the scenes. You do have a very interesting story that I think a lot of people would um, very much so uh, gravitate towards. I know I gravitated towards it and I think you did some I'm so glad. I really think I have one of the most boring stories ever. Really? I think no, like I I'm not like fascinated by myself at all. <laughs> when we get into it, when we get into it, I'll I'll let you know more like why. But okay. um so Lottie, go ahead, the flow is yours. You go ahead and introduce yourself and speak a bit on your background and what led you to the entertainment industry. Sure. So as she said, everyone, my name is Lottie Day. I'm a songwriter and producer based in Los Angeles from New York. And I'm, I'm not someone who grew up in music and entertainment. My parents are immigrants from Nigeria. So from a very young age, they were just like, you gotta go to school so you can become successful. And being successful meant either being like a doctor, lawyer, engineer, something mm-hmm. like within that realm. So that's what I did. I, I grew up, I went to school, I went to college, I graduated college, I got a nine to five and I was living life in New York. And I was just like, this is not it. (laughs) And I'm someone who, from a very young age, I've always, always wanted to be in music, but I just didn't know how to navigate entering that field without feeling like I was like disappointing my parents who worked really hard for everything for Mm -hmm. me and my siblings to be able to live the lives that we live. So, but it's it's got, I think it gets to a point, especially when you're an adult, when you're just like, okay, I have a choice where I could either like, do what makes me happy and fulfills me or do what makes other people happy and then live a miserable life in the exactly. process. So, I mean, a lot of it just came down to just community building and just finding different communities that were open to, you know, young people who were really interested in music, whether on the creative side or business side, but didn't necessarily like have avenues to get in. So I got involved with iStandard and the Digilog and Gender Amplified and Girl Army and just all of these different communities that were just like, hey, like, welcome. We'd love to get to know you and also get to teach you more about what it takes to get involved in music on either side. And uh, for me, the big, big epiphany was when I had made the trip to ASCAP Expo in LA in 2018, May of 2018. And I was like, okay, I had met a lot of cool people. I had some cool sessions. I had gone to a lot of panels and I had just met people like myself who were trying to make it, you know? And I was just like, this is the move. I need to be in Los Angeles. Mm. So six months later, I moved out there and I was just doing the studio thing, you know, just hopping from session to session, like doing as many sessions as I could a day, every day. And that was a lot. And I learned a lot. Um, and I made a lot of music, of course, most of which you have not heard because <laughs> really like 1%, I feel like of all the songs that ever get made actually become released. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of just how I started getting my footing into things. And then once the pandemic hit, I did a little bit of pivoting just because obviously all the studios shut down. And that's when I started getting more involved in things in the virtual world. And that's how I got involved with like hard drive 
Um, that's how I got involved with Balance Gang. That's how I got more involved with gender and pride in like different ways. Just trying to figure out, okay, how can I still do things that are music related and that are music without having to necessarily be in the studio or at a party or at an event or anything else. So fast forward and that's where I'm at <laughs> right now. Okay. So that's why I was like, okay, because um, my parents are Jamaican too. So Jamaican parents, like all they know, <laughs> all they know, yes. All they know is engineer, doctor, nurse, mm-hmm. lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so if you're creative, you got to like literally like force your way and do your thing on your own and show them that you're like responsible and they'll be like okay and even still they're gonna side eye you yes (laughs) yes even then they're gonna be like I don't understand it but sure but then when you get up there whatever they be like oh my daughter she a rapper that's why I have to like get nominated for a Grammy at the very minimum. So I could bring my mom and I could be like, this is what this is all for, by the way. <laughs> right. And then like, also like you going to Los Angeles from New York, that is just off the whim. Has to do it. Could it be me? Because <laughs> with me, I have to have, okay. I, the furthest I went was I stayed in Florida. I, Mm-hmm. I went to school at FAMU, so Tallahassee. Oh, nice. Okay. To, um, Miami to work at Slip and Slide. That's mm. the that's the risk for me. Yeah, I can- I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been to the West Coast. But that's that right there was okay. That's a risk that a lot of creatives actually go ahead and take. And some are my may right now. Like I know some have hit me up and be like I-, I was scared to. I'm scared to like go to a whole nother city. And some it was have scary actually for went. Sure some had actually went to a different city and it didn't work out so they have to come back or that's the most terrifying part when (laughs) and there was a couple times girl even after like my first six weeks of moving out there I was like oh no I gotta go home so like there there were several times I was just like I don't know if I'm I'm gonna make it oh man that's and then but you still gotta push through so um like how did you know that songwriting and producing was your calling like what was that moment that was like aha um, <laughs> sorry, this question is so funny to me because, so I'm somebody who, and I think a lot of people kind of start out this way. I thought I wanted to be an artist. Mm. And so I was like, I would book studio time in New York, which I'll let you know right now is very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and I would go, cause I didn't know how else to do it. So then I would go and like record. And then I, I you know, <laughs> I would go to like different showcases and I, and I played my songs and they were just like, I see the vision, <laughs> but they wasn't really about it because they were just not good. Like when I first, first started, I was really just not good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I was not good. I listened back to some of those demos and I was just like, wow. I feel like I'm someone who I thought had a very natural inclination mm-hmm. for making music, but it's, it's very rare where you meet people who are like, you know, protégés, like they first start and they're just like amazing off the bat. So I was definitely not that. Um, and so then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna just work with people who are actually good with artists. And I, I really enjoyed that. I, I really enjoyed contributing, especially on, on the songwriting tip. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I could be able to help them tell their stories or even tell my own story, but channel it through them mm-hmm. and it's gonna be good. <laughs> so I started doing a lot more of that. I think just um, being open to collaboration is what really opened my eyes to like 
where the bar should be mm. <laughs> with talent. Like initially, and I don't know if it's like just a New York thing. I was just like very tunnel vision on my grind. Like I was like, yes. like a million songs and they're yes. all gonna be fire. And then I, I made a lot of songs and, and they were not fire. <laughs> they were like quite lukewarm actually. So collaboration was what kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, cool. Like this is how I can get involved in this kind of way that makes sense. And I still really enjoy it. And so I started out with songwriting in that regard. Production came like way after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of came more out of necessity than anything else, just because um, I wasn't necessarily always, you know, people are doing their own thing, living their own lives. People aren't always available at your convenience. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, like I have, I have like this sync opportunity that I need to send in a song for, and I don't have any beats in the catalog from the producers. And I don't have a producer I could hit up right now to like make it. So then I was like, okay, so made a Splice account, shout out to Splice. (laughs) And just, you know, I would pull loops from there and just kind of figure it out. And I'm still learning too. Like I actually don't send out my beats to anybody unless it is specifically for like sync stuff just because mm-hmm. I'm like a baby producer, you know, I, I haven't been doing it for like a million years or whatever. It's just something I, literally I just started getting into out of the need to be able to get certain things done for certain opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started out using Logic. Um, it was cool. I, I, I'm in Fruity Loops now and I'm learning that FL20 just, you know, like everyone does just the YouTube tutorials and just like the practice and that. Um, but it's been, it's been really cool. I think um, songwriters and producers are so essential and so integral to the music and the music industry at large, but they're really underappreciated. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, those are the two skill sets that I love the most and that I'm trying to get, become like an expert at the most. So that's where I'm at now. Two things that you said that rang bells to me, which I actually spoke about um, in a consultation before. One of the things was uh, perfection and like you wanting to put something out and you think that, okay, this gotta be perfect. But like a couple of years down the line, you're gonna listen to it because you got better, obviously. And you're like, what the hell was I thinking? So you can't like be stuck on something for a long time and just be like, this gotta be perfect because yeah, eventually you're gonna point. grow, you know? That's a good point. You know, it's so funny you say that because um, I think about it now and I'm like, what would have happened if I put those songs out then? I mean, I, I might've honestly taken them down because they're really <laughs> <laughs> not good. But I think there's something to be said about putting something out in the moment um, because like you said, especially I think this is most important for artists it's like people don't get to really see your journey Mm -hmm. and your growth when you hold on to things so uh, like one of the companies I worked for hard drive shout out to Mickey Shiloh who's a founder she's someone who's such an advocate for put it out put it out put it (laughs) out don't overthink it and she's someone who puts out like I feel like five songs a week like she's just always 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 recording Mm -hmm. and just putting it on SoundCloud or or putting it out the DSPs because again it's like that, that is your best work to date. That's the best you can do right now. And yes, you're always gonna become better, but people don't have anything to really kind of like look back on and again, like follow you on your journey if you're not releasing music. So I think that's a great point you brought up. I'm a Virgo, so by nature, I'm a perfectionist. So. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, like, that's I, I think- sense. But that's also why I like being a songwriter because if I was an artist, I, and honestly, I'd be like Sade, who's my auntie. I would never put <laughs> nothing out because I need it to be like, 
the best ever. Mm-hmm. But as a songwriter, I'm like, I'm not attached to this. This is like, I'm helping the artists, you know, again, I'm, I'm channeling through them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help them achieve their vision, but I don't have the same attachment that they would have to it because it's not my song. So mm. songwriting allows me to be able to put music out more frequently because it's not me, it's them. Okay. See, how in my chart, I believe I'm like Virgo node, but I don't know which one is the south or north. <laughs> don't know, but I'm a Leo. So I just I just be chaotic. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but the second thing that you mentioned that really um brought attention to me was the also like being from New York and being tunnel vision. And I don't mm. think people, like I was born in Brooklyn. So I don't think hey. people understand like everybody be doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Literally everybody has somewhere mm-hmm. to go. So right. when I was in college, people don't understand that I move on my own on my own like a court or whatever. Yeah, right. Whatever I have going on, I just move in this tunnel vision and I got to get it done. But I'm not meaning in any in any harm or any type of way. Yeah, I just and I've maintained that till this day, honestly. Yes, regard even though I've been in LA for a minute, it's like I I, I feel bad because I sometimes I'm like a terrible like friend and family member because I really can go months <laughs> without talking to people. I'm just like yo, like goals need to be achieved. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I got no, I got fifty land kids. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I've been selfish at this point. Extremely, extremely. And so tunnel vision. So um, one time you, uh, 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 earlier on, you mentioned about probably like six weeks in, you said that you were going to quit. So mm-hmm. how do you, how have you ever felt a sense of doubt or feel, fear while pursuing your career? And if so, how did you overcome it to continue to achieve and stay alive in LA? <laughs> <sighs> man 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 (laughs) I'm just trying to think of like which which uh story I'm trying to tell so I mean I guess I'll talk about something more recent because of what happened with COVID so Mm. um I was working I've worked a couple of different jobs in LA like I feel like it's very rare to find someone who does music who doesn't have who hasn't had several hustles because Mm -hmm. you know the rent is due <laughs> and it's not cheap. <laughs> so most recently out there, I had an office job and then, you know, COVID came through and it's like, if you were not essential, you got clipped. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, okay, good day. <laughs> thank you for your, thank you for your service. And, and then it was cool initially because um, they were like giving out extra money. The government was feeling real generous. So I was like, Hey, <laughs> and then they weren't and I was like oh and I was like oh no I need to pay this rent mm-hmm. so then I decided to really fully embrace freelancing which I still to- do to this day and I have like a love-hate relationship with it this is the first time I've ever really done it and it was just kind of like like you said like I gotta make sure I survive out here right so um and it is cool just being able to pick up clients like either for like consulting or for songwriting. And I think it's also where I kind of saw more of my value as a songwriter. Cause I was like, oh, people are really willing to pay out here, even in a whole like pandemonium. That's crazy. <laughs> so yes. I mean, and that was that was the thing I had to do, right? Because like I had a few choices. Like the way things were happening, it's like I either, you know, end my lease and move back to New York, which is always a last resort. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
or I, I like gotta figure it out, you know, and pay these bills. And I figured it out and I paid these bills. And that's, and that's, and that's what it is. And that's what it's been. And I'm not going to hold you. Freelancing is not easy. Mm-mm. And just having to deal with like invoices and it's interesting because like you are your own boss and mm-hmm. you got to make sure all the different parts of your business are operating and it's just like I love creatives I love working with creatives but when it comes to like getting that check listen <laughs> it don't always work out how you want it to work out but I mean I'd rather do this than I it, so losing my job obviously was like terrifying at the time because I was like how am I going to survive but it forced me to figure it out so Mm. that was like this one of the silver linings uh during the pandemic and that's the thing too as well like I feel like um beginning creatives we offer it just probably have imposter syndrome or so so just to get up off the ground to start is like hesitating but y'all mm-hmm. don't really know that like as you go on to the next level the next level is always going to be something that happens so you got to pivot and it's just like the quarantine and pivot. COVID, a lot of that <laughs> pivot oh i i will pivot at plan b c yeah but this is why um, i've had like 12 different careers i feel because it's just like <laughs> non-stop pivoting, mm-hmm. pivoting pivoting you know mm-hmm and um, when you had mentioned about creative, so what made you passionate about helping indie creatives? I mean, I think a lot of it just came from the fact that I'm one. Mm-hmm. And I felt like coming up, I was like, oh, there's so many things like I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was involved with a bunch of different organizations where like the focus is the indie creative, just mainly from like attending events with like, I standard the Digilog, getting involved with Gender Amplified, getting involved with Hard Drive, getting involved with Bounce Gang. It's just like, these are all organizations that really care about helping independent creatives who are coming up. And so I was just like, okay, I, I'm not an organization, so I can't necessarily pull the same strings that they can, but I, I do know some things <laughs> just from my own anecdotal experience. And I love to be able to help people in whichever capacity I can. And, and the, one of the main ways I do that is through my newsletter. So anyone who's watching, you can subscribe. Link is on bio. <laughs> um, but yeah, I send out a newsletter once a month. And it, it just really, all it is, is just like, hey, these are some cool job openings. These are some cool internship openings. These are some cool grants. Because grants, let me tell you, another thing that really saved me through the panorama was grants. Like, and there are different amounts. Like some are as small as $200, some are as big as $5,000. But it's just like, that's free government money mm-hmm. for people who are going through it because of COVID. So if you're going through it and you don't necessarily like qualify for like a PPP loan, I highly recommend looking into grants because I'm telling you, don't they get caught saved up. me. They don't really get caught did. up on that PPP loan. <laughs> yeah, no, I was too afraid to do it. Because the thing is, with free, I haven't been freelancing for that long. So I was just like, I don't know if I could get away with applying for this. And people were out here like, yeah, I got $20,000. And, and, you know, Twitter was so funny because people were just like out here, like, I guess, like scamming, but not even on the low. I'm like, how are you going to scam and let people know that you're doing that? And then it's just like, you got to return that or you're going to jail. It can't be me. I'm too bougie for jail. I can't do it. So <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. And so I seen that people were getting caught for it. And I'm like, what is the PPP loan? And then I saw and I was like, 
Oh, y'all bold. Mm-mm. It couldn't be me. I can't. No. Nah, I was can't like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. Heck no. Nah. <laughs> Speaking of those um, certain organizations, can you tell me a little bit more about them? Because this is my first time actually hearing about these. And I felt like maybe it's because I don't live in New York anymore that I'm just not, I'm not around it. So I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I, I'll start with uh, Gen Amplify because that was one of the first ones I got involved with. Mm-hmm. And it, that's an amazing nonprofit organization that's all about supporting and highlighting women and non-binary individuals who are in music production and audio engineering. And I got started with them way back in like 2017. Uh, Ebony Smith, she's a founder and the president. And I had gone to an event at Atlantic Records and I was just, at that point I, I had already, I had known I'd wanted to get involved in music, but I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I had like just graduated. So it's like, you can't, mm-hmm. for anyone who's watching, you cannot get really involved with like a major label, major publisher as an intern if you're not a student. Mm-hmm. So if you're a student, get an internship because that can really change the game. But because it wasn't something like I was really able finesse. to do. <laughs> Listen, I know somebody. So I, I was talking to her and she was just like, yeah, it's not something you could do if you've already graduated, but I do have this nonprofit. I was like, ooh, tell me more. And she was just doing really cool work. And I was just like, nobody's really paying attention to the women and non-binary individuals in music production and audio engineering. It's a really small percentage. I think it's like less than 2% of engineers and producers are women or non-binary people. So I was just like, wow, like, you're doing really cool work. I'd love to get involved. And I just was helping out with like just social media and like newsletter stuff. I was like, you know, get in where you fit in. Like if you got any type of skills that people need, like get in where you fit in. And I've just been working with them ever since. And it's been really, really cool seeing how it's expanded and being recognized by the Recording Academy and by all these different organizations. So that's been really cool. So still doing that. Um, and actually follow us everywhere, gender implied. <laughs> um, hard drive, I got, that's HRDRV, by the way. I got involved with actually right before the pandemic, I had gone to a writing camp that Mickey had held in person in LA. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And so after the fact, I was just telling her, I was like, listen, I love what you're doing. Like you're really empowering independent creatives in a way that I've, I've never really seen. And it was like super organized and streamlined. And she's someone who's been through the major label like major publisher system. She kind of wanted to approach things in a different way um, to be able to support independent talents. So I was just like, I love the infrastructure of this and obviously like you're getting some cool results so again getting where you fit in I was like how can I help how can I get involved and again I was just helping out with little things like social media or newsletter stuff or just any way that I could make things easier for her I was like let's do it and then fast forward to this spring where I actually got to host like a whole writing camp virtually, obviously, <laughs> with hard drive. So that was with a couple of my homegirls. And I'm in a collective right now. It's called Ill. Mm. So it's I L L stands for Isidore, Luna, not a day. And so we we had all met through hard drive. And so we were just, we came to Mickey and we're like, hey, we want to host like a writing camp that is exclusively for highlighting supporting women again because one March was it was women's history month and two mm-hmm. the way the industry is set up there are not necessarily a lot of like opportunities for that kind of thing so hard drive is just really cool because again it's 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 been able to that's part of the reason why I was able to become the entrepreneur I am today just by watching and learning from Mickey and 
all the workshops that we would have through hard drive and just meeting different people along the way. Um, and then one of the last things I'm involved with is Bounce Gang, which is cool because Bounce Gang is something that, again, it just, it just started out as friends, producers, songwriters, artists that just loved making music and just wanted to kind of cook up together and connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, it became something more of like official and business-like um, connecting the dots in regards to, okay, how can we combine what's happening in music distribution and music publishing and make it into one entity? So it's been cool watching that happen. I will say mm-hmm. startups are <laughs> not easy. They're not for the week. There's a lot that comes with it. You know, I think people look at um, like a Facebook and Uber. I'm like, okay, startups, like that's what I want. So I could end up working for like a unicorn or something that's like a billion dollar valuation business. But it's like most startups are, are not that mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't get there. But it's been really, really cool um, getting involved with these kinds of companies on the ground because you get to see things from the inside that a lot of people don't get to see. And you guys can learn about a lot about yourself too, like as someone who's like, has the capability of being like a leader and entrepreneur in that sense. So it's mm. been cool. It's been fun. I'm enjoying it. Okay. See, I don't even, I even know it's some, because like you said, there aren't a lot of, first of all, I've seen like these new percentages of like black women within the music industry and it's very mm-hmm. low compared to males. And I don't really see a lot of like engineers and producers that are women, black women, And then on top of that, there are great, like dope songwriters as well, too. But they're like in the shadows. Like you don't really see unless it's like they're the artist, like bigs them up or something. Right. Credit. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I would like to be more because the I feel like being in the studio sessions when you're actually creating in those type of things is magical. If you if everybody's Mm -hmm. on the same wavelength, obviously. Yeah. But, but I, I I like that. And how you said something in the beginning when you first like tried to get into the door, obviously you was doing everything, the social media, the newsletter and those type of things. Mm-hmm. How do you know at what point that you was like, okay, I'm not going to do this for free 99, but I'll go ahead and do it for a certain amount. Like you leveled up. That's a really good question. I feel like that's like the million dollar question. (laughs) How do you know when you can like start charging people for stuff? Because like when you first get into the, (laughs) when you first get into the door, obviously you get your foot in the door, you're ready to do anything. And then when you find your niche and stuff, you know exactly what you're good at. It's like somebody may not know, somebody may not know like, okay, like you're actually, you do have a track record or you do are actually good. So I'm going to pay you this amount. But then you're like, uh, actually, you know, I <laughs> did this and that and I'm ready to be hired. So how do you know? When- yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's a couple ways. Like, I feel like the reason why people start working for free early on is one, just because like within the music industry, there's not really a lot of like, regulations when it comes Mm -hmm. to things um and but beyond that it's just like it's it's just about like I said getting your foot in the door and once you get to the point where I think you have like a bit of like a what I would say like a portfolio or a resume Mm -hmm. where you can say okay these are the things I've done these are the people I've worked with and most importantly these are the results right and it's even better when those people get vouched for you because like 
everywhere that I've been able, everyone I've been able to work with, like they're they're definitely willing to like write me like a recommendation or a mm. referral or something like that. And that's something that's super, super important. So I think once you're able to kind of establish the relationships and establish the track record and again be able to show provable results, then you got it in the bag. And then you can be like, okay, now we can do <laughs> rates. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Okay. When you're in the studio and you're now working, what is your creative process like creating a song? So it really does vary um, depending on multiple different factors. Anytime I'm in the studio, for the most part, I'm there with the artist. So I'm always about, for me, like being a songwriter, being a producer, it's about being of service to them. So I'm like, whatever is going to make things easier or easiest for them catering to them that's what I care about so it, it really just kind of depends but for the most part if I'm just meeting them from there for the first time my number one priority first and foremost is just to like establish rapport because mm. just from my experience the best songs are made when I'm most comfortable with them and they're most comfortable with me most importantly Mm-hmm. So it's just like having a conversation for five, 10 minutes at minimum, but sometimes it's up to an hour. Like if I'm at a studio session and it's like eight to 12 hours, you could spend the first 30 minutes, an hour, just kind of like kicking it, just getting to know them. It really just depends on them. Cause some, some of them are just like, okay, like they're ready to work, 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 like the entire time. And, and that's cool. Um, but some of them are just like, oh, I want to vibe out a little bit. And whether that's kind of like talking or eating or whatever it is. So I think it's all about, well, what, how do they work and how do they want to work? Um, and then from there, it's just like, okay, so what are we here to do? We're here to make a song. <laughs> so if the producer, if I have someone who's a producer there, then they either brought their beats or they have loops and they're going to be building on that. Sometimes stuff starts from scratch. Um, but I really do kind of like let them lead. A lot of the times, just from like the conversation that we have, mm. they'll bring up something and then just naturally they'll be like oh you know what this is what I want to write about and it's like okay great like you already knew and you're already (laughs) in the zone Mm -hmm. so it's like okay let's let's get with it and sometimes you know the producers will be working on something about how to match the mood um sometimes not and then you kind of just get in a booth and kind of like watch let things happen um but I mean I personally am someone who's a I would say like a melody first writer so when I'm working on something, if I'm if I'm hearing a beat, it takes me like maybe like 0.2 seconds to be like, oh, I already know, like, where I kind of want to go with this. So it just depends. Like I, for the most part, I like to let the artist lead the way. But sometimes, if they're less experienced or they're not as sure of their sounds, then I'll I'll help with that because just again, like I try to just go based off what I know about them. Cause even before I come to the session, if I knew who the artist is, I'm always gonna research. I'm never gonna come in there not knowing who they are, who they broke up with last week. You know, <laughs> it's like where they're from. Cause all these things, again, are our experiences, they get channeled into the music. So it's about mm-hmm. that. But um, if, if they're just like, oh, like, I'm gonna go after you, then I'm just like, okay. So I'll, I'll remember like maybe three main points that they told me, three main points that I might've researched beforehand. It's even better if the producer's got the beats right there. Um, I'll be like, okay, pop it in. And then I just kind of do my thing. And then if they like something, which they always do, we kind of <laughs> just go with that. And it's so funny because sometimes I'll be in the booth, not even 
30 seconds and they're like, oh, I got it. Come out. I got it. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Literally nothing has been laid down except for maybe like a hook and like a verse melody, but it, it simulates something. And then that's always the best when they get inspired by something I do and they're just like, oh, let me get in there. And then it's like that back and forth. It's really cool. So. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's how I feel like that's how, you know, that's what your passion is when you can do something and it instantly comes to you so easy and it's magical. I think that's when you know it's your passion, honestly. Oh yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah, it's something I never get tired of for sure. Definitely. So I know that when you work in music industry and everybody has a horror story, like it's just like, I will never do this ever again. I learned from this. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> what is one of your horror stories? uh I, you know what i i think well yeah okay so there's this one <laughs> time i was in a session with this really really dope artist um from Van- vancouver and it was just like my first time working with her and she was amazing 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 and she really pushed through because we were you know doing our thing in the studio and then in the middle of the session she gets like a phone call that one of her close friends was like killed Mm. and then I was just like oh damn so I was like okay we have two options like either I'm gonna be able to like coach her through this and we're gonna get through the session or she's just gonna leave right because it's just like that's a very difficult thing to deal with in in a session right you know especially when you're writing to like we were writing to a pretty kind of like upbeat sort of like mm. club vibe. It definitely so I was just like, vibe. okay, you know, it's really hard because like real life it happens, and then you kind of have to work through that and still be. Because here's the thing with the recording, right? Like that that's it. That that's what lives forever. So it's like if you're not able to get that right, mm-hmm. it's just like nothing else is gonna matter. So I, you know, I'm talking to her like we're working through, and, and for me, I was like either thing either way it's fine like I just wanted to make sure she was good so I was just like well you tell me what you want to do like we can either keep going or you could take a break or you can leave like what do you want to do and she's like I think I want to take like a break I said dope let's do that and so you know we kind of gave her like 30 and she was just talking to like friends and family and dealing with her thing and then she comes back and so like one of the main things I do as a songwriter is vocal production and so that's how you essentially get the artist to be able to I'm sorry for like any background noise by the way no you're fine fine I can hear you people be around but (laughs) so so um essentially it's about getting the artist to deliver the song in a way that's like super believable because again the recording that's gonna live forever and that has to be perfect essentially it's like no amount of like mixing or anything that happens after the recording is going to fix the delivery and getting that down the vibe the emotion so was really coaching her through that coaching her through that and I was trying to toe the line of like making sure she executed it but also not like you know annoying her because sometimes you got to redo the take or sometimes I got to explain like okay like do this or do that to, to get it to come out the way it needs to come out and she did an amazing job we finished the record. We powered through. So um, there was like another session that was coming in and it was my homeboy studio. So he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I have another session coming in. So y'all need to go, but I'm going to send you the session after. And I said, okay, cool. No problem. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> 
this session, something happened to it. It got corrupted. So they were ne never able to send it. And oh, everything no. that got recorded was gone. Oh, hell no. So I was just like, it's one of those things I feel that makes you just never ever want to record another song ever again in life. <laughs> so I was like, yo, All this that was time. such a difficult and the thing is you can't redo that you know you can't get that mm. back it's just like it was done and then it, and then it was gone and so one of the biggest pieces of advice I, I give people is like always 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 have an external hard drive on you I keep that I carry that mm. with me everywhere that on my laptop because it's like I'm never going to leave a session without at least the bounce the bare minimum but if, if you have the ability to depending on the circumstances get everything get the session get all the stems because god forbid anything goes wrong you know the studio blows up tomorrow you still have all that work that you put in because let me tell you when he told me that i said nah <laughs> not after everything it took to get this recorded and that song was a bop too <laughs> oh no okay no hell no this girl came from out of the country i said oh no nah, it really can't be me i would definitely take like a, a couple days off to like yeah a couple days <laughs> to wrap my head around that that's oh my gosh i don't even want to oh lord i know she the was funny like, thing is the song is called find a way <laughs> i was like i'm gonna have to find a way to still not <laughs> now you can't even pivot from that because it's like <laughs> oh man Whew. I, always I just, have your external hard drive always 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 i've been through a moment where like an artist didn't have the stems Mm. But he had something else and he didn't have stems, but the he had to like call the producer or whatever and then the producer was like you gotta pay for the stems and I'm like bruh it took forever to get I've heard of stuff like that <laughs> I, I never understand the whole holding things hostage because I think once especially once you pay for everything like that is so you already paid for the session you already paid for this and then like yeah I, I don't think it should cost extra to send somebody. You should like already give everything to the artist. And that's like, what I'm saying. Like you gotta, as the creative, you gotta get that right mm -hmm. there. Don't, cause you never know if, if it's one situation or another, like mm -hmm. that's your IP. Like you gotta get that right there. Like, I don't, and that's the thing yeah. with like up and coming artists, they don't really know. So they're thinking like, okay, well I got this already. I don't need the stems mm -hmm. or I don't need this part. But then mm -hmm. like a professional, they're like, so where's the stems? And you be like, huh? Now you gotta track, now you gotta think back on who you work with. Then you gotta track them down. Then they pop, if they're like that, then they're gonna be like, bro, I either don't have it anymore or you gotta pay for it. Or if they do have it, then thank God. But yeah that's a that's a whole nother mess <laughs> but um you can't chance it you can't chance it again mm -hmm. it's like you, you might never be able to record that the same way again you know so it's just like you can't chance it mm -hmm. and speaking of being with another professional that can let you know or ask you those type of questions how do you um feel about gaining mentorship within the industry because i feel like when you get when you get into the industry, well, when I got into the industry, um, I offer was just learning from podcasts, interviews, and like seeing how my boss was like working and how he handled things. But um, 
never really like a solid mentor like really I don't know how it goes but I just feel like as I yeah, go along I you. you meet people you network and then that's right. it I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've necessarily ever had a traditional mentor. Like there's definitely different people that like I look up to and ask questions like just from like the different organizations I work with. Like, of course, like I could always reach out to them and, and ask them for advice on stuff. But uh, it's funny that you ask this question because I actually just became a mentor like last week. <laughs> Shout out to 1520 Vision. I'm a mentor with them. And my mentee is like the 17 year old girl in high school. And I'm just like, wow, like Name. it's it's so amazing kind of seeing how that's a thing now because like these young young people can now have somebody who's like older than them more experienced than them be like hey like these are some things that you can do to kind of like make your journey a little more smooth and um I I think traditional mentorship is amazing I fully support it mm-hmm. and I think the younger you can get a mentor the better but also, and I learned this from like Olivia Radensky, how it's just like, it's possible for you to be completely successful in the music industry without having one, mm-hmm. especially if you're somebody who has like a more non-traditional path. Like I'm someone who, it's interesting because I'm very, very interested in music on the creative side, obviously, as a songwriter, but also very interested in music on the business side, but also very interested in music like on the tech side. So mm-hmm. it's it's cool to see like how many different angles there are to entering the industry. And so I'm not somebody who's necessarily doing things in a super straightforward way. Mm-hmm. And I think the more sort of the more like you have to meander on your path, the less likely it is you'll be able to have a traditional mentor because you're not doing things like in a super straightforward way. But I think it's important to embrace that and realize that. At the very least, social media can help <laughs> to mentor you. Yes. You know, YouTube, like there are so many people like I follow on social media and I tell them, like, I'm just like, yo, you're super inspirational to me. Like, I love the work that you're doing. And I just kind of study them and I watch their moves and I see how they get from like point A to point B, you know? So like, if I'm if I'm trying to see how to be like an A&R, like I'll watch someone who's like, there's, there's this one woman, her name is Amal Noor and she works at LVRN and she's someone who started out as like, a manager for producer and artist and then like pivoted in, into a r so it's like that's not a super straightforward path like she wasn't like an intern first but she still was able to make stuff work so i just feel like watching people's journeys a lot of the time is that's that's like those are my unofficial mentors so like they might not mm-hmm. even know me we might yep. have never met in real life like a lot of people who inspire me i've never met them i hope to meet them but it's mm-hmm. just like i consider them mentors because i I, I love the way that they lead their lives and it's interesting their trajectories and it's a lot that I can learn from that to apply to my own mm-hmm. so if you don't have a traditional mentor like don't be discouraged thank god for the internet <laughs> that's all I, I have think to say some people like like you said I have, I have like a bunch of women that I follow on Instagram or I've watched their interviews since I was in like college and mm-hmm. I feel like okay I honestly then when I got into the music industry I'm like I don't think I want to meet them like that because mm-hmm. whenever I meet them and they're not who I had envisioned them to mm. be, social media is just a reel, a highlight reel of your life. So like, what if you are in your highlight reel, you have a nice dope aesthetic and everything like that. <laughs> you're, you're doing, the, you seem like you're doing the work. And then when I meet you, it's like, you're not nice. Maybe you maybe have a bad day that day. I mean, I I've heard a lot of those stories for sure. I don't want to do that. It's funny because I feel like I kind of experienced a little bit of that on Clubhouse, like, even though you <laughs> typically don't meet people, but she's, you be seeing people act the way and you're like, damn, this youth. 
Okay, yeah. Clubhouse was revealing. That was eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> Clubhouse was revealing. I was like, okay, y'all talking a lot. This I don't even like talking on the phone. I'm not going to be on here. Like... <laughs> Oh my God. So what are some goals that you would like to accomplish for yourself? Mm. Oh, there's too many goals. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what order these are going to come in. Well, one of my main goals, and hopefully the first one is to get rich, not going to hold you. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to get a bag out here. So, and, and I'm not sure what foreign that bag is going to come in, but it's got to be like at least seven figures because there's a certain lifestyle I'm trying to attain. So it's like mm. to start that um but also of course like on the music tip to work with some of like the dopest and biggest artists ever like obviously the beyonce's and Mm -hmm. the drakes and people like that like super inspired jay-z kanye rihanna like you know everybody who's huge and even bigger than that it's like of course i don't want to work with them um a Grammy doesn't everyone in music want to win a Grammy <laughs> okay so even if it's just one just one just one little trophy one is cool. <laughs> um billboard charting like would love a number one but even if it's just like a, a top 10 or something I could live with that I could live with like number seven as long as it's on that chart <laughs> um but I think something that I would really really love to accomplish and I can definitely see myself doing like within the next year or two is to help break an independent mm. artist like so of course again like I would love to work with everyone who's huge and established but I think to be able to come up with somebody who people don't really know I've never heard of and just like help them with like their breakout song that mm-hmm. to me is like really 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 cool that's still one so, of my goals too that's yeah i'm like i gotta do it whether it's as a songwriter as a producer as like some type of like a and r type figure just like in any kind of way like being like being just integrally involved in, in breaking an artist would be really really cool mm-hmm. um getting a house mm-hmm. getting a car yeah those are like my main goals saving the world obviously and everything <laughs> under the umbrella of that <laughs> work my way work my way yeah that's such a virgo response right there saving the world because y'all <laughs> listen y'all need a break sometimes <laughs> there's no breaks i mean that's the thing especially with like entrepreneurship it's like there's no days off like i don't have and i wish i did like i don't have a day where i'm like i'm not gonna work today like Mm -hmm. I there might be I might just take longer breaks Mm -hmm. but I really do work every day (laughs) because for me it's like until I hit seven figures like I gotta do it no one's gonna do it for me you know until the money starts working for you period (laughs) period at all so you pretty much already answered like any artist or creative you would love to get in the studio with Mm -hmm. so for our last wrap-up question what advice would you give to a creative with multiple passions looking for somewhere to start? Well, first off, number one piece of advice is just start. Overthinking mm-hmm. is going to ruin you. Uh, I'm, again, where I go here, I, I'm terribly an overthinker. And also I'm like a first daughter. It's, there's a lot of levels to this, right? Mm-hmm. And one of my greatest regrets in life is just overthinking like there's so many things that, that I had wanted to do but I was like afraid to do it or I didn't think it was the right time or thought again like things have to be perfect like just create things put it out let the fans digest it and then 
you know, based on their reaction to things that can help inform your next move, but you're not going to be able to know what your next move is without making the first one and then being able to make informed decisions after that. So I'm not necessarily saying you should like rush things or you shouldn't care about the quality of things, but um, there's a reason why there are people who do a lot that get farther than people who might be quote unquote more talented or mm -hmm. have more quality work that don't get as far. And it's just because you're just not releasing enough and giving people enough to love you for. So like the more you give people, the more they're able to kind of make a decision if they want to rock with this or not. So like, for instance, if you have an artist who puts out a really, really dope song, like, oh my God, this song is amazing. And you're like, let me listen to the rest of their catalog, but they don't have no other songs. I'm like, okay, you might keep rocking with that one song. But if you have an artist who puts out a dope song and they have other songs that you can get into, you're more naturally just more invested because you're able to, at least this is how it is for me. Like I love following an artist's journey. So if I, mm -hmm. if I find an artist I like and they have other stuff I listen to, I'm listening to the whole discography if I really yes. like that first song because I'm just like how they get here mm -hmm. and it's dope just hearing sonically the journey I'm just like wow like look how they've grown in terms of being a lyricist or choosing like you know catching melodies or being more in the pocket when they're saying certain things or just being you know whether it's like better mixing or picking better beats it's just like let people be a part of your journey and you do that by releasing things and not judging it yes Yes, I definitely, I definitely agree. <laughs> Even if you're not an artist, you're a podcaster, you are... Yeah, it's even more true if you're not an artist because <laughs> people have less reason to pay attention to you if you're not the star. Right. <laughs> so it's even you, more like, important you, to be good at the content. art, whatever it is, just go ahead because that growth is going to be amazing for you to look back on a couple years from now. So, and then also it's, it only takes that one, one project that you come out with or a song or whatever that you come out with. This one song it just happens to blow up. And I always say, I say this to my friends a lot too, that they get these like moments where they give up and I'll be like, do you notice that every time when you're following what you're supposed to, your passion, mm -hmm. the <laughs> moment that you want to give up, God be like, girl here. Oh and yeah, there's no, like that's, that's me, girl. I can't even tell you. There's so many, and even during this <laughs> pandemic, there are times where I was just like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I might have to do a thing, and then uh, next thing you know, I find out that I'm selected to do something. And I'm just like, oh hey, you're right. <laughs> yeah, this is the news I needed because yes. I have no choice. I'm like, oh, I can't quit now because I gotta do this, you know, opportunity. So it's like, shout out. Shout out mm -hmm. to him, man, because he be holding it down. Let me tell you. <laughs> Literally, I think like it was like last week before I even I'm started. I did I'm doing this five-day IG live challenge in a row, right? Oh, I so love like, it. The week, like last week, I'm sitting here like organizing different things look whatever and also my personal business mm -hmm. and I like literally just had a mental breakdown I'm just like Aww. my mom came in my room she's like you okay and I'm like <laughs> bro like I'm in these forms like she asked me about she asked me something like just random like did you eat my mango? Very I'm Jamaican. Crying. And I'm just like, bro, I don't care about no mango right now. <laughs> I am literally deteriorating. Like, right. oh. and like, then it was like, literally like maybe like an hour or so later, my homegirl, uh, India, she texted me. She listened to my previous podcast episode about finding mm -hmm. your passion. And she literally sent me like a 
book long text message about how like I helped her and it was great it just a lot of words of affirmation and I was like bro like this you don't even understand like I never I never right and people don't even know what you're going and that's right people don't know what you're going through you don't know what people are going through and that's something I always keep in mind with the way I move because it's just like I already know how most of the time when I'm going through stuff nobody knows Mm -hmm. there's stuff I'm going through right now nobody knows you know what I'm saying and it's just like I that's why I try to be like extra like positive and kind especially online Mm -hmm. because there's already so much negativity in the world like (laughs) I don't need to be that one more negative individual putting out that kind of energy you know so I hear you on that you never know when people are gonna need to hear that you never know so hopefully guys when y'all listen to this you know y'all just take it in and y'all be like oh my gosh this is like my sign from god to like do something whoever you believe (laughs) keep going shoot your shot use all your resources to your advantage y'all got it Mm -hmm. And y'all know this is this is y'all liquid ever is a resource for y'all for the free 99. I just be <laughs> so <laughs> y'all go ahead. But that's the end of the show, you guys. So you already know you can follow Liquid Error on IG at, at liquid underscore error. You can follow me on my personal IG underscore D Brady. You can follow Lottie Day at Yeah, so my answer the same on every single platform so it's super easy to find me so it's l-a-d-i-d-a-i-x at the end so if you find me on one platform you can find me on any other mm-hmm. and also she has um the organizations that she's associated with in her bios as well so i'm gonna put that in the description box links on youtube in um Everywhere that I promote, y'all know I put mm-hmm. it in there. So put in the description <laughs> box and y'all can go ahead and research and find out more and hit up a lot of day about it. But yeah, guys, so this um, episode will be up on Monday and I will see you guys on the following Monday. <laughs> so good. thank you guys and we out.